This, this is the Miller Lite Cowboys Out, supported by Albertson and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. And by Geico. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Now, your hosts, Taylor Stern and Brad Sham. Welcome, everyone. It's the Cowboys Hour. It's a new week. It is. Thank you very much for being with us. What has happened has happened, but it's the past. It is the past. We're and moving forward. We are moving forward. We How are. quickly can we How quickly can we, can we do that? Forward? Well, Brad, I want to ask you things about it, though. Uh, okay, before we do that, let's uh, thank everyone for being with us wherever they are on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. And a reminder that if you're streaming on DallasCowboys.com, nice to see you. How are you doing? Um, momentarily, our special guest this week will be Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott, who is there's, there it was a little change in the uh, scheduling this afternoon for the players, so it got pushed back a little. So this is called vamping in live radio. And um, Zeke will be along in merely a matter of minutes. Uh, and uh, and then we're going to visit with him about what I think for him is a really good start to his fifth season. So Ezekiel Elliott's coming right up. This is all a schedule change thing. And and yes, did you have something you wanted to ask? Yeah, you know, I was going to ask you if this is the worst loss you've ever seen. No, I know not it's even not. close. Not even close. And then I was thinking about, do you blame the players or the coaches? Yes. But Here's the one I want to know. Uh-oh. Have you ever seen a team turn it around after a bad first quarter of the season that this team would classify as bad? Oh, I'm sure I have. Um, eras are different because rules are different. And th- all all bets should be off this year anyway. True. Because of Asterisk after asterisk. Yeah. I mean, just nothing is as as it was intended to be. Because they didn't have an off season, they couldn't they couldn't get themselves it's weird. physically or mentally ready. And then when you start with a new coaching staff, there's just so much that has to happen. Um, but there, look, people don't want to hear it when things don't start well. Mm-hmm. But they're a half game out of first place in the NFC East. Someone's going to win the NFC East and be in the playoffs. And when you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there have been teams that came back, Cowboy teams that came back from bad first quarters of the season. Um, I, you know, I've only done 42 of them, so I can't remember. <laughs> Just all a of few, them. yeah. Just so incomparable. Yeah, um, but but you know that's. The only thing that's really important is what happens now. And players have to have short memories, and they know that. Uh, n- none of them n- – I've never met a player who walked out onto the field wanting to do poorly. No. No, but you know – and I'll ask Zeke about this in a roundabout way, but I do think it's very interesting to see how each of them have geared themselves up to take on this season. It's not an easy task. I mean, I think the world is realizing that in a global pandemic, to go back to work – you have to adapt, and you have to do the Zoom calls and X, Y, and Z, and you've got kids at home learning and all of these things. 
Well, then imagine doing it on a professional level as far as football, and and you got to act like it's just a normal year, and it is absolutely not. So. Sure, but teachers have to do that. You know, everybody everybody has to do that, and uh, it's just hard. What the life that we're in right now is hard. But I had a boss once who used to say, if it was easy, we'd have gotten somebody good. I never knew what that meant, but I always knew that I didn't like it. Why? We will take a break, and Ezekiel Elliott will join us on uh, this week's Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. We want to remind you to get your tickets now to see the Cowboys take on the New York Giants uh, at AT&T Stadium on Sunday afternoon, October 11th. A no, a min, a, hello, a limited number of tickets are on sale now. Get yours at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets and the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour is brought to you in part by Albertsons. When it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. They're selling a lot of those 21 jerseys at Albertsons and Tom Thumb and everywhere else. And we'll be back with the guy who wears the real one, Ezekiel Elliott, when the Cowboys Hour continues.
to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Welcome back, everybody. Brad Sham and Taylor Stern on the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, and we now welcome our guest running back, Ezekiel Elliott. Thank you for taking some time and visiting with Cowboy fans across the Dallas Cowboys radio network today. Appreciate you, Zeke. Oh, man, thanks for having me. It's always a, a good time. My one time a year I get to come join you guys' show, so let's have some fun. We uh, we were uh, talking uh, during the break, and it, uh, look, we've been doing this show a while, and every game is not a win, and sometimes it's, it's just hard to get through the workday for fans, let alone for players after a tough game. So... Um, so I, I thanked Zeke for doing this because I said I know this is what you most wanted to do right now after after yesterday's game was be appear virtually even in public uh, and talk about anything related to football. But you have been doing this long enough now that you are qualified to say what for you what works for you to put it away. How have you learned to take a game you didn't like and put it away? Uh, it's hard. It's really hard. You really don't don't. It really, you really don't get a chance to put it away until you play that game the next week and, and get to redeem yourself. So I mean, it's kind of something you gotta struggle with all week, and uh, but somehow you gotta kind of try to put it, put it behind, and uh, get ready for next week. Do you have? Do you find yourself consciously thinking like on Wednesday you're off tomorrow? So when you when you come back in on Wednesday and you're going through your walkthrough, and are, are you trying to tell yourself? It's the Giants now. It's not Cleveland anymore. Or uh, does it? Do the rhythms come a little more naturally after all this time? Um, it comes. It comes more naturally. Uh, normally, we come in a day like today. We had a, we had a work day. We came in. We cleaned up the film, and uh, so now we're we're on to the Giants uh, tomorrow. I'll start studying them and. I mean, it's it's tough though. It's tough, uh, you know, not to not to play well the week before, and then kind of you got to wait a whole another week until you get get your next shot. What's the toughest part, Zeke? Obviously, I've never played football, so I don't understand exactly. I know I know the emotions of it, but what's running through your mind? Is it like one play, or is it just the general team loss, or how do you describe that? Um, I wouldn't say it's one play. I'd probably just say like it's the the general team loss. Um, for sure, and then uh, physically, just feeling like crap, and then not really having anything to show for it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, because when you get the win, it's a great deodorant, as Brian Broaddus always says. You're gonna hurt anyway, right? Yeah. yeah. So that, that you, so you, that's why receivers always say, and and this is a part of the game into which Zeke has been very much incorporated. They're gonna hit you. You may as well catch the ball. Yeah. May as well. You may as well get the yards. Um, there's an interesting phenomenon, though, about the way in the last uh, in the Atlanta game and this one to get that far behind and to still keep coming back. That's not even supposed to happen. I was just looking at some of the tape, and, and I forgot because it just happens in the moment. It was 41-14 in the fourth quarter, and you made it a three-point game. What? How does? How do you even do that? Um, I would say one. It starts with our leader. It starts with Dak. Uh, he makes it easy on us. Um, he, if you ask him, he's never out of the game, and uh, and it kind of, it forces you, you know what I mean, to to play that way also. Uh, and it gives. I mean, and you see all the firepower we have. Uh, the fact that we could even come back from such a deficit just shows, you know, uh, the potential of this team. But I mean, we're right in the thick of it right now. We gotta find out real soon. Uh, 
how to turn this thing around. Yeah, firepower. I mean, I was trying to think, like, did Zeke score yesterday? Because he, he scored so many times in the first three games. But then you have so many guys, Tony Pollard. and it, What do you think of these offensive weapons? Is it fun? It's definitely fun. It's fun uh, to see to see what we can do when we start getting rolling and then uh, just how, how we can spread the ball around. And and it's it's uh, all it takes is a couple of guys to have a good day. Uh, you just saw in Seattle, you know, said had his come out day and uh, went out there and had a couple touchdowns and over 100 yards receiving. But, uh, I mean, this offense is just – we have so many weapons. Uh, I mean, uh, about – all it takes is one or two of us to go off, and uh, you know it's good for the offense. So, a, a quick thing about um, holding on to the football, and and I'm not talking about a specific play because I think one thing that uh, that we know about you, there are a few things as a football player we absolutely know about you, and one of them is you're not a fumbler. Now you'll lose a fumble maybe twice a year. So you're by the way you're done now for the year. You've lost your two, but uh, but I mean, that that happens to everybody. But that doesn't make you a fumbler. We all know what a fumbler looks like, and it doesn't look like you. Uh, same thing with Dak. With uh, Dak, he he is not an interception machine. Interceptions are going to happen. There's a there's an old coaching technique there or a difference in them, and I want you to talk a little bit about how you have been brought up and coached from the time you started playing the sport between positive and negative. I heard a coach, a very successful coach, many years ago say that he never, for instance, told his receivers and backs not to – he never said don't fumble because that puts a negative thought in your head. He said hold on to the ball. Which, which is a positive image. How were you coached on that from the beginning? And how, if at all, has that changed as you've gotten to the top of the business? Um, I don't know if I, my coaches always had that same, that same <laughs> mindset. Uh, <laughs> they were saying, don't fumble? Yeah, don't fumble. Um, but I mean, the way you have to look at it is when you have that ball in your hands, it's kind of like you have the, the fate of the team in your hands. And, and uh, you got to carry it that way. You got to carry it with that type of purpose. Um, you know that you have the team's fate in your hands, literally the whole entire team, the whole organization, the whole fan base in your hand. And uh, if you lose it, you're letting everyone down. So, I mean, that's how you have to approach it. Now, you and Dak are clearly the the leaders of the offense, if not the team, and and you're the energy sources. There, I mean, there's other leaders, but you – Everybody knows the energy flows through you two guys. Yeah, two one four exactly right. <laughs> so do you when you both have a couple of games like that? Do you ever when you're off by yourself say, "What are we doing? We how do we how do we uh, play at our very best?" Because if we do, then there's a better chance everybody else will. Um, I I think we understand that, and uh, I think uh, that's why I would say for me it hurts even more, um, just because I know that. I, I I feel like if without that fumble, you know what I mean, I might have felt a little bit better, but I feel like I didn't have my best performance, and uh, that, I take that personally. Um, so, I mean, we just got to find a way to, uh, you know, get these guys going, and uh, we got to go win some ball games. Yep, that's, that's that cures a lot of stuff. I would like to talk about um, your maturity. I want to say evolution, but I don't think that's the right word. Uh, first on the field, uh, because I think that having had the privilege of calling every snap of your career, what I'm seeing is 
the best start to a season I think you've ever had. I mean, your rookie year, you, you had to figure out the speed of the game the first two weeks. You had the suspension thing that was over everybody's head the second year, you, the camp thing last year. What I'm seeing from you is uh, receiving, blocking, a quick start running from the season. I'm talking about a quick start. You look to me like you're off to your best start. Do you feel that way? Um. I think I can kind of agree with you, but it just it, the fumbles, man, it, it fogs it all up and it makes it tough. It's hard for me to say to myself that, you know, you're having a good year when I've turned the ball over. I've fumbled it three times and lost it twice. Um, I mean, at key points and key games. And uh, so, I mean, it's hard for me to say, oh, you've played well on the 130 other snaps, but these two, you weren't good. And I think, uh, I mean, what's, what makes you great is, you know, being – being able to just be consistent and uh, got to eliminate those. So on a team like this, um, with, as you said, so many weapons and different ways to attack, it's perfectly possible and feasible even that um, the offense could flourish with you not getting the most yards you ever got rushing in your life. How do you judge yourself? Well, How do you measure Yourself once by if you came into the league and we asked you that you might have said well I'm going to lead the league in rushing, and you still do, but there are other ways for you to be the best Ezekiel Elliott without necessarily leading the league in rushing. Has that changed for you? How do you evaluate yourself? Um, I mean the way I evaluate myself is just in film. I look and see you know we grade each play is it a plus or a minus, and uh, I mean I think I think I have I've played good football this year, but just. Those those two fumbles, man, they kind of just <laughs> tipped the balance. And uh, I, just two plays, I wish I could get back. Do they still have those footballs? I remember at training camp a couple of years ago, and you guys had those footballs that made the noise when you'd hit them or, or something like that to help you. Do you remember those, Brad? No? No. You do you remember, know what I'm talking do you about, Yeah, there, it, was like a, it was a ball. It was a newer ball. It might have been my rookie year, actually. Um, yeah. And if you were squeezing it the right way, like had enough pressure on it, it would start make like a little ringing noise. Yeah, and I remember they were doing these drills where they would try to do that, and it was all focused on securing the ball. I, I wondered if you guys still practice with those. Um, we don't. No, well, you know. How? By the way, uh, you've ha- you've had a couple of different running backs coaches, obviously, and um, and they're both terrific coaches. How, how does how does Skip Pete a differ from Gary Brown and B how how does how does a guy like Skip come in now he's had a lot of great backs but you're already you when he when he first gets you how does he uh, communicate with you and change what he is to make sure that he's communicating with you the best way for you um well I would say uh coach Skip and, and coach GB uh I wouldn't say there there's really many differences uh and that was that was pretty pretty easy kind of to roll into this relationship with uh with coach Skip and um I would say uh coach Skip he's he, he's been coaching for a long time I think this is maybe his 25th year in the league and he's coached a, a bunch of really good running backs uh you know Matt Forte uh, he just left the Rams he was there with Gurley and um I think uh, one we, we're kind of learning that we had to learn this new system together, learn a new verbiage. It's really not too new for me, but there's new verbiage and stuff. So that that was 
So we had to learn that together kind of through OTAs virtually. And then, uh, I mean, I, I would say his job is just kind of to, to make sure I kind of stay on my fundamentals, to, to prepare me for the game, help me with schematics, help me with, um, you know, the game plan, and uh, just kind of making sure that I get all the information. Yeah, that's true. And it is it's crazy to me when Brad said fifth year, is it went by really fast. Does it feel as fast as it does for me? Yeah, it did go by really fast. Uh, I mean, I'm sitting right here in the star right now, and I see all this construction. The star looked totally different. You? I mean, there was none of these buildings here, and and it and every time I just kind of think back to when we first got here, and and I mean, they're building the Pepsi Dr Pepper uh, Pepper headquarters right here on the other side of the practice field, and you got all the the restaurants and stuff built across the street, and I mean, none of that stuff was here. The Omni wasn't here. None of this stuff was here when we first got here. So I mean, it's but it did go by really fast. I know he says we because I picked him up at the airport. Yeah, is that I right? Did. I did. I was right in the bus, and it was the day that Drake's album came out, and I was like, "Hey, do you want to listen to us?" And he was so quiet. And granted, he had been up like all night, you know, obviously celebrating the pick. And I'm sure I overwhelmed you a little bit, but it was pretty funny. Do you remember that that car ride? Um, barely. Yeah, <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know, it's crazy to me uh, the way personnel turns over in this league and we know that there's uh, about a 25 percent turnover on every team every year and your team I believe has turned over 62 percent from two years ago so I, I have Excel spreadsheets for the spotting charts that I do when I do these games and the last time we played Cleveland, which was your rookie year, which was not very long ago. Which was a dope There game. were zero players on the Cleveland Browns on the field yesterday, zero, who played in that game. Really? And their starting center that day was Cam Irving. That's, cra- that's right. He was their number one draft choice about two years before that, and he was a center. And he was, he was playing for – it's crazy the way things turn over. Does that even – uh, when you're playing and it's happening around you and guys are coming and going, does it, are you even aware of all that? Um, I mean, yeah, you're definitely aware of it because, I mean, these are your friends, these are your teammates. They're kind of – they come, become brothers, um, you know, over time. And, and uh, I mean, that's that's definitely a tough part about, about this league is just there's so much turnover and you, you get close to guys and uh, – and then next thing you know, uh, they're moving to a new city, new team, and um, I mean that that that's a little tough, but uh, it's definitely it's definitely crazy. I want to talk about a word that Coach uh, McCarthy uh, used yesterday, and and I believe he used it in the locker room with you guys, and that's confidence. Now, offensively, the and you used it too yesterday. You said you weren't starting games with confidence, although you're getting plenty of it when you're roaring back like that. And it looked to me, obviously, the defense was having a tough day, and you could see that they weren't playing with a lot of confidence. That's a funny thing in professional sports because you're all at the very top of the profession. There's there's not a bad player out there or you wouldn't be in the NFL. And yet you can feel less than confident. How how elusive is that? What happened? What do you feel like when you're not feeling confident? Um. Oh, what do you mean? Say it again. I'm well, sorry. I don't... You, you talked about confidence. You said you're yeah. not starting games with confidence. I mean, I think it's clear that the defense is not playing with a lot of confidence right now because performance gives you confidence. What is what? How can you tell if you're not 
playing with confidence? Um, just kind of not 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 being ourselves. I mean, you see you see when we get rolling during the game on offense, you know, it's it's like we're almost unstoppable. But uh, we're just trying to figure out why why we can't do that on the first drive, and why can't we uh, you know take it down there and and do that for four quarters? And uh, we got to figure that out, and we got to um, we got to get to a point where uh, we're coming out hot. Yeah, I'm curious because, you know, I just barely see things on the Cowboys social. But what do your mentions look like after a game yesterday? Please tell me you don't look at your uh, Please don't look at them. But, like, how do you escape uh, them almost? Um, you just can't look. I mean, if you look at them, you're going to be really sad. You're going to be in a bad place if you go there. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it. Because I mean, if, unless you want to go to a bad place, uh then you can go look at them. But, I mean, you just got to kind of block out the noise. I know everyone says that. And uh, it's it's really hard. But, I mean, you just, you just can't go there. <laughs> oh, I couldn't imagine. Now, by the way, um, I don't. it's hardly a secret that um, your mom is pretty active on uh, Twitter especially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, has, she, has she always been active? Or was that after you got to Ohio State or after you came here? Um... I don't know when she started getting active on social media. It might have been maybe while I was in college at Ohio State. Uh, but, I mean, she's always been big on social media, like MySpace and Facebook, all that. I, I, asked, I asked the question MySpace. because – I, that was a thing. That's way back in the day. I know. Wait, that's I, what I'm saying. Like it's I'm just the evolution. Right. So back I'm, in the day, she was on MySpace, yes, then with the Facebook, and she's you. still on Facebook, but now she's t- Twitter queen. Or I mean, she kind of likes Twitter. Want. She, 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 she likes loves Twitter, Twitter, doesn't she? And Twitter yeah, she likes her. Twitter. And Twitter does like her. And and so the what made me think of that was when Taylor was talking about looking at the mentions because because I'll bet your mother reads the mentions on your feed. Yeah, I mean, I, I I know she does, but uh, yeah, we try to we try to uh, stay out of that. Do you ever do you ever tell her mom don't read dimensions? Uh, yeah, I do all the time actually. And, and she doesn't listen, does she? Uh, I mean, she's a grown woman. She's the mom, and I'm the son, so I can look I can at this maturity. Who is this man we're talking to? Well, he's he's a five year NFL he's a veteran. Vet. He's that's, a vet. That's I can't who? believe it. This yeah. is so funny. I know. I um. Well, the mentions, it's like you can't even escape it because somebody that you follow and love, they could just be saying something and it might sting to read the truth sometimes. Yeah, I've, I've, I've muted people who were responding to somebody who I follow, and I didn't want to see it. So I, if that person has anything to say, I don't want to see it anymore. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, delighted to have Ezekiel Elliott with us on the Cowboys Hour uh, this evening. And, and it's amazing how much one win can turn things around, right? You win one game, and suddenly everything feels better and much more optimistic. That may be coming on uh, Sunday. Uh, but we will be right back uh, on the Cowboys Hour. Yes, and we are brought to you in part by Lou Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, and of course, Papa John's. Order Papa John's Cowboys Family Special, a large specialty pizza and a large two-topping pizza for just $24 at PapaJohns.com. Official pizza of your Dallas Cowboys. Limited time offer, prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. And we'll be back on the Cowboys Hour.
the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Welcome back, Brad Sham and Taylor Stern, and our very special guest, Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott, this evening on the Cowboys Hour. We were talking during the break, and Taylor was talking at the very beginning of the show about how difficult uh, it is to adjust to uh, life in this 2020 pandemic world. It's just unnatural, and everyone has. And that kind of made me think about the fact that um, you know better than probably anyone here what it's like to have this thing. You you dealt with it before uh, people before a lot of people were taking it seriously. Uh, I guess that got your attention, though, huh? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, for sure. Just um, getting COVID. I mean, I didn't. Luckily, I didn't. I didn't get any symptoms or anything. But it just shows you like um, how careful you have to be. You gotta you gotta be safe. Uh, you never. And it's just it's it's scary because. It affects everyone so differently. You can have it and not even know. You can pass that to someone and you won't even know you have it. And but it can affect them a totally different way, and uh, they can really struggle with it. And uh, I think that's just the scariest part. Can you talk a little bit about and don't tell us any secrets? But I mean, you guys uh, self-imposed a bubble for training camp, so you you were able to stay completely healthy. And as we look around the league tonight, there's going to be. There's going to be two games instead of one game because one guy on one team and one guy on another team uh, tested positive and they had to move it back. And obviously the Titans are, are having some stuff to deal with right now. You guys have been uh, really good. I know they've set up protocols for you, and but that doesn't mean everybody has to follow them. What's been the key to everybody uh, kind of towing the line on your team? Um, I think just the biggest thing is you can't be selfish. you got to uh, think about – the team um one we need everyone to play so i mean if you get covid you're out with three weeks minimum uh two um it's really not about you it's not even about the people who are directly here at this facility but i mean there's there's men on this team who just had uh newborn babies there's men with pregnant wives uh there's people who live with their mothers or who may be elderly you have to think about the the grand scheme of things you got to Things like, okay, if I behave recklessly, okay, I might get COVID. And uh, you can't think, oh, I might get COVID and and I'll be fine. I'm young and I'm healthy. But you got to think about everyone else. You got to think about everyone else's families. And uh, I think, I mean, that's what's really important. And, Zeke, I really commend you for that. But there are a lot of people, I'm not talking about football players now. I'm not even talking about athletes. But there are a lot of people around the country of all ages who either don't believe that or don't think that way. And and I'm curious how you have gotten 60 players to understand that so well. Young men in the absolute physical primes of your life. Um, how did you get so many guys to understand that at the same time and all buy in? Um, well, one, I mean, it's our job. Uh, I mean, we got to. Um, make our paychecks, and uh, if you're not, if we can't finish the season, how are we gonna make our money? You know what I mean? So uh, that's that's one thing, and uh, and then two, we're a family. Uh, we don't want to we don't want to put each other at risk. We don't want to put each other's families at risk. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one cool thing that Zeke did was he immediately jumped in and gave back to the Dallas community. I I know you had the the first round of everything you've been doing in the community. You were giving the meals to North Texas Food Bank with the custom shirts. I think it was or was it the team? You teamed up with the shop center. Or? 
I'm free. Uh, so I teamed up with uh, Center and we did a, a merch drop and uh, we, we donated all the proceeds to the North Texas Food Bank. And uh, He's being modest. It was a lot of proceeds. I yeah. think it was like 75 grand. Um, we raised either 75, 80 grand uh, to feed, feed families in the DFW area. Yeah, and that feeds a lot of families. And then, you know, it was like after one thing after another, Zeke was just out there helping them all. He went to South Oak Cliff High School, and you talked to their football team. Is is that correct? I know there were, it was kind of more of a private thing. Yeah, it was more of a private thing. And, uh, I mean, yeah, we just kind of – I went there. I did a lot of clean out of my closet and stuff. And I mean, I got a Nike deal, and I get, I got, I get a bunch of shoes, a bunch of free shoes and stuff. And I just had to, I had to do some spring cleaning. And I uh, decided, uh, I asked my girlfriend Hallie. I asked her, uh, like, where did she think would be a good place for me to, in the Dallas area, to, to take, uh, to take and uh, donate, donate these clothes. And um, she recommended a uh, sock. And uh, I mean, it was definitely a great experience. That's awesome. Well, yeah. He's got a good influence in his life. He's got a lot of good influences in his life, and, and, and now you're becoming a good influence. When did you realize that uh, you, you were not a role model only when you came to the Dallas Cowboys? You, you had to have known there were kids looking up to you when you were a Buckeye, and my guess is there were a lot of uh, young kids watching you play high school sports in St. Louis who probably – uh, said they wanted to be like Zeke. When did you first realize that people were looking at you differently than they were some other people? Uh, probably college. Because, um, I mean, high school, football, in, in my high school football in Missouri, it's not the best. We don't have the, the grand t- uh, stadiums that you guys have here in Texas, and uh, we don't have all that. So. It's not a religion up there? <laughs> no, it's not, it's not quite. It's not quite. Um, but probably when I got to college and, you know, I just saw – uh, just the hype around the Ohio State and uh, just the love of the Buckeyes, you know, throughout the state of Ohio and just, um, you know, just the kids waiting outside when we do our walk, like the walk on the way mm-hmm. to the stadium, uh, just the kids and fans waiting outside there. And it kind of – I was like, wow, this is this is real. Now, how did that change – sorry, Taylor. No, how, you're good. How did, that, um, how did that expand if it did when you got here? Um – I mean, it's just it's like Ohio State on steroids. So, uh, um, yeah. Did you have anyone who walked you through those moments, like somebody at Ohio State who was like, "Hey, here's how I've handled stardom," if you would? Um, no, not really. I just kind of like figured it out. You just did it I mean, uh, I just kind of figured it out. Yeah. Um, I, but. Yeah. On your own. But I'm he had his mom, he had his yeah, family. My, I mean I had my mom and my family, but they didn't even know what to expect. We kinda figured it out together. Um I mean you have Coach Meyer at Ohio State, the coaches, I mean, they they were great, you know, uh in college and stuff, but I think it was just kinda something I had to go through, you know, me and my family go through together. Do you think of a moment and you're like, This was the moment that I realized I'm famous? Or do you not think like that? Uh, I don't really, I can't say there's like a specific moment where I was like, oh, wow. I uh, remember the one moment when I thought Zeke is really famous. And obviously we had already had the whole 2016 season. And then he was an obvious, you know, all pro, pro bowler that year. And we go down to Orlando 
And we're in Orlando, and like there's a lot of really good guys on this Pro Bowl team. I mean, it's the Pro Bowl. And there was the loudest chant for Zeke I've ever heard. I mean, it was it seemed louder than some of the training camp chants we see. And, you know, you look around, and it's like, well, there's a really good guy, and there's a really good guy, but everyone just wants to see Zeke. And that's when I realized he's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, kind of. And, and that, that comes with the – by the way, I'm, I have gotten over my disappointment of uh, – you know, both of Zeke's parents were um, – varsity athletes at my alma mater and i've gotten over my disappointment at zeke having gone on to ohio state i'm going to say probably prepared you better for this than uh, having gone to missouri would have so um i'm almost over that now um but um there's an an aspect of your game on the field that i love talking about uh because i just think you're exceptional at it and that is the blocking part you've been you've talked about it some this year but um, you know, I don't know if fans realize when we, as part of my job, you know, you go back and look at the tape again. Not not with the same eyes you guys do, but I mean, you spent uh, most of the evening in L.A. Uh, blocking Aaron Donald. I don't know if you signed on for that, but you, the, whatever plays Dak was able to make, about half of them were because of you picking them up. And I've seen you make plays this year. You've always been good at it. But you are now spilling guys. You're turning them head over heels. You're crossing the pocket. I think that's got to be really tough to to cross the quarterback's face, to pick up the blitzer who you see on the other side of the formation. Uh, and, and maybe someone has not heard you talk about the coaches you had in college who instilled in you that if you think you want to be a running back, you better be able to do that. But I'd love to have you do that. Um, I mean, since college, it's just – in college it was, look, if you don't protect the quarterback, you can't you can't play. I mean, you can't. You, you can't go out there and we can't put you on the field because you can get the quarterback hurt. Um, but I think another thing for me, though, is just when I got to college, I was 17 – I was little. I've never – I honestly never had been in a situation where, like, I was on a field with guys that were better than me or just more physically gifted than me. I mean, I, was, I wasn't even – I wasn't 18 yet. So, honestly, blocking for me was just like, okay, I might not be as big, as fast, or as strong as that guy, but blocking is something that takes no skill. It's all effort. It's all heart. And – uh I mean, I just I think it's important because I think when other guys see me out there blocking, and when other guys see me out there giving my all, when is when I'm not necessarily the one getting the ball or something. Uh, I mean, I think that means a lot. I, I do too, and I'm going to run over this segment just for a second because I, I, I want want you to do a little two minute clinic. What's the what is the key coaching point for seeing the guy on the other side of the formation, and you've got to cross the pocket? to be able to pick that guy up and not get in the quarterback's way or line of vision? How do you do that? Um, so, I mean, in our protections, uh, there's a couple different protections. Uh, we normally ID a guy that the line's going to, and then I, then I'll, that's how I know who I have off of that. And, um, I mean, I just got to – the quarterback drops back, so it, it gives me a little room to kind of scoot in front of him and uh, – I kind of have an idea where the where where where, he, where Dak's uh, setting up in the pocket, probably like around like if it's gun, probably like around seven or eight yards, right behind the center. And so uh, I just gotta go over there and get a good angle so 
He can't. He can't get to him. And that's part of the reason you spend the time in the meetings with the quarterback and the offensive lineman during the week, right? Uh, yeah, just to kind of find out the tendencies, to find out what the team's blitzes are. Because I mean, you don't scout every look that you see on Sunday, but but some of those those blitzes. We we try to get in, you know. During the, we take them from the film and we practice them in practice. Uh, but uh, I mean, you just gotta know where the IDs are. You gotta know who you have in protection, and then just gotta want want to go do it. One more break, and then we're back with more with uh, Cowboys All Pro running back Ezekiel Elliott on the Cowboys Hour. Yeah, I thought you were going to say hurdling instead of blocking, but (laughs) blocking's better, I guess. All right, yes, and we are brought to you by Omni. This year, do more than just stay apart. Stay a part of the game. Stay a part of the Cowboys. Kick off football season at Omni Frisco Hotel, the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys, and enjoy all of the dining and entertainment options that Zeke was just telling us about that the star has to offer. Back with Ezekiel Elliott on the Cowboys Hour after this.
the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Welcome back, Brad Sham and Taylor Stern, and our very special guest, Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott. We we mentioned at the very beginning how grateful we are uh, for Zeke giving us part of his uh, evening, and it's going into the day off. And I always wonder, especially once you've played like a quarter of the season, now that you have, uh, do you ever feel like you have a day off? Do you ever? Do you ever really just get away from it? Can you turn it off mentally and give yourself a break? Um. Yeah, I think I can. Uh, I mean, tomorrow I'll probably I'll probably watch a little bit of film. Um, but you know, I mean, that's just like an hour out of my day, uh, just kind of looking at some general stuff on uh, the Giants. But uh, I mean, other than that hour, I'll be relaxing all day tomorrow. Playing video games. Uh, it could be, could be some Call of Duty tomorrow. He's a Call of Duty <laughs> champ now. You know, that's you got. I wouldn't call myself a champ. Yet you could be. Yet. I mean, would you ever consider going down that realm professionally? Um, it's a big thing. I don't think I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he plays. A I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect those guys. I, I don't think I'm good enough. Um, no, nah, I mean I don't know. I don't think Halle would be very happy with me if I decide <laughs> I wanted to be a pro this Call of Duty player. Another <laughs> sign of your maturity, Who is young this man. Guy? It's another sign of your growth and maturity. Do you understand? Because I don't. I'm going to tell you my bias going into the question. The um, do you understand the concept of people in a non-pandemic world buying tickets to watch people play video games? Um. No. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Because <laughs> I mean, I know, and I know esports is a big deal. I understand that. I get it. Okay, but he, let me just. I can see maybe at home. Devil, yeah. Right. Yeah. Devil's advocate. Sure. A couple of years ago, Post Malone, who's a big Cowboys fan, yep. and you know his dad was around here. Right. He came and they played. He played Z Call of Duty, right? I think it was. Yeah, we played some Call of Duty. They played some Call of Duty. I don't know anything about video games or right. anything like that. But to watch those two interact in that situation was really cool. I don't know how much I would pay for that. Well, that see, that's because wh- one I mean, guy because one Posty. guy is Post Malone and one guy is <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, now if you're talking about uh, let's buy a ticket and go sit in an arena with ten thousand people and watch two guys we don't know play video games. People would watch you like. Do radio for a game. There's many people who do a lot of things. There was weird nobody things. who would pay for that. I they get swear. it for free. I mean, it's uh, it's completely it's completely different. I I think there would be people to do that. But what else do you do on a day off? If that's okay, maybe some video games. What else? Um, I mean, honestly, I really started playing a lot of video games during quarantine after I watched all the movies on Apple TV. Uh, <laughs> Every single uh, one. All of them and all the TV shows. But, uh, I mean, I'm either going to play video games. Uh, I might sit by the pool if it's nice enough. I got my pool heater on. Yeah. Um, play with the dogs? Yeah, play with the dogs or just try to find a movie what I haven't seen. What's the movie <laughs> that you saw that you liked the most during quarantine? Uh, let me think, let me think, let me think, let me think. Um, Action, I, adventure... Recently, I, I really liked Mulan. Uh, I liked it too. I liked Mulan a lot. 
that was pretty cool. That for might them surprise some people. What'd you like about Mulan? Um, you know, I just kind of like the story. Uh, I think it might be just be more of a, I loved it when I was a kid, so I was just excited to see the. <laughs> did you miss the music though? Yeah, I did miss the music. I miss the music because when and. Obviously, Zeke and I grew up around the same time, and Mulan, there were all these movies that came out, and they had just jam-packed music, and when Mulan came out, it had the great story, or this, like, what do they call it, live action now, mm-hmm. And but it, they had none of the songs, and I really did miss that, Yeah, because some of these other live actions, they've kept the songs. Now, how about series uh, that you you mentioned Apple TV, they, Apple TV's got a lot of great stuff, Netflix has got some good stuff up now, Hulu, and... What what series catch your attention? Um, I rewatched Game of Thrones. I'm pretty sure the whole thing. Casually. <laughs> uh, um, dang, what have I been watching? Uh, I think recently I've been watching True Blood. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much I, how I feel about it, but we're all, me and Hallie are on season six, so we're almost done with that one. Uh, don't know how I feel about it, but I've spent hours. <laughs> uh, let me see what else. There are some good things. Have you seen For All Mankind? No, I haven't seen that. It's honestly really good. Have you seen it? I have not seen For All Mankind. You would love it. Give us a synopsis. Synopsis is it's like it's the space race back in the 60s, and it's if Russia had gotten there first. So it's a little bit of a plot twist. Like, what is that called? Like, historical fiction? Yeah. Historical fiction. And it's actually really good and interesting and very much into teamwork and female power, which Zeke is a huge fan of. For all, for all mankind, is it for called? All, for all, like as in the Armstrong statement, or DM me or walked on the moon. Yeah, one stride for all mankind. Well, if you like that, you might like. You ever watch the Man in the High Castle? Yeah. No, I've never seen that. that so that's, that's that good. is built on the uh, on the um, fictional theory that um, the United States did not win World War II. Huh. And and in this series, I which is based, like that. It, this is based on a, a book by the late great science fiction writer Philip K. Dick, who whose uh, theory was in for this uh, book and series, America is divided in two, and the eastern half belongs to the Germans, and the western half belongs to the Hirohito Japanese, and then there's the insurgents the Americans who want to overthrow the people who have taken over this land. Interesting, huh? Oh, well, I need to be taking notes. I need you guys going to have to... Man in the High Castle, Zeke. We'll get you the, we'll get you the word. Yeah, it's All right, cool. Uh, okay, so I was looking at the schedule today, and uh, the bye is week 10. That's a little later than it's been some years. Do you care, or is it always right on time whenever it happens? Um, I think it's normally right, right around the middle, huh? It has been. The last couple of years, it has been right near exactly midseason. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I really don't pay attention to to that stuff that much. Uh, just kind of take it one day at a time, to be honest. <laughs> that is a, that's the best attitude for it, right? Yeah, around the middle. But when we asked Joe Looney that, he said that he liked it to be around week 10 because he just wanted to keep the momentum going. No, for sure. I mean, I think – I think uh, – I think it would be good to get some momentum going and uh, 
I mean, honestly, to me, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, w- I'm ready to ball. I'm ready to hoop. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell. Now, uh, one thing you have had to deal with is a little more uncertainty in the five guys in front of you than has been the case for most of the first four years of your career. Those guys are all fighting, and, and they're all doing the very best they can. Do you notice when there are – I mean, obviously you notice if Tyron's there or if Zach is there, you can see some of the things – they're doing, but do you like when the, when the tackle changes out or Joe got hurt and Tyler went in at center? Do you even notice that? Um, I mean, you kind of notice them coming in, but once the game gets going, it's like, like I might look over and be like, "Oh, Tyler's playing center," or yeah, it kind of surprised me. But uh, I mean, I, th- I would credit uh, you know Coach Philman and uh, and this that that group uh, because at first in camp, you know, they were just practicing what we'd be in the middle of a team team uh, group and it'd be like a bunch of different linemen at different places and I'm just like why are we doing that like and then like now now you look at the season it's like uh, I think what two weeks ago we had Zach at, at right tackle yeah, um, yeah. I probably didn't even know he played tackle in college until last year uh, but uh, I mean those guys you know they're, they're really banged up and uh, but they got they got a good culture in that room and those guys they're working their tails off and uh, just the fact that they're so versatile, able to move around. Uh, I mean, that that's that's one thing, and and uh, I mean, I think that just is a true testament to the to the group of those the, that group of guys in that room. Yeah, well, you you always ask you you asked him earlier about blocking back at Ohio State. They were called the slobs, the offensive line, right? Yeah, the slobs. And Zeke was always kind of petitioning to be one of the slobs, like he wanted to be one of them. And so, you know, it all makes sense now. Oh, that's like Sean Lee wanted to be one of the hot boys. He yeah. felt left out. <laughs> yeah, he, he wanted to be a slob. Out. Did they let you in the slobs? Uh, no, I didn't have a big enough gut. Oh, uh, see. That's actually a good see? thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. I think so. Um, it's one of the requirements. <laughs> uh, Zeke, we really very much appreciate the time. And uh, I know what a beating you take and how important your rest time is. Uh, it's really fun to watch you grow and mature and become the person as well as the football player you are in year five. And we're looking forward to all the rest of it. And, and thank you again for the time. Uh, thank you guys for having me. That's uh, Ezekiel Elliott for Taylor Stern. I'm Brad Sham. This is the Cowboys Hour. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about-